Hello, and welcome back to the Movie Passion Podcast. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Seth, joined by my friend Caleb. And after a completely explicable absence of some period of time, we are back with season two of our show to bring back some more movie reviews and friendly discussions. So how are you doing, Caleb? I'm doing great. And, and today, I think we should acknowledge the fact that it is New Year's. Ah, yes. Um, so... January first, twenty twenty two, and and it's it's great to be talking about a movie with you again. <laughs> it is wonderful. We have talked about some movies in the meantime and seen some movies in the meantime, but this is the first time we are officially recording. talking through and recording it. Yes. Um, so excited for what we have this week. Why don't you tell us what we're talking about, Caleb? So we are covering one of the biggest movies of all time, probably uh, Spider Man: mm. No Way Home. Wow biggest movies of all time i don't think that's a i don't think that's an overstatement but that's just hmm. that's just me and then i'll i guess i'll we'll expand upon that uh later on um but did yeah. you want to get into the imdb synopsis and well the the rundown of some of the things yeah yeah so i'll talk us through a few of the major plot points and you will uh, take us through some of the other cool facts um but in a nutshell i think this movie is about the journey of Peter Parker, and I don't have to say which Peter Parker. The journey of Peter Parker to um, oh, we should say sorry to interrupt, but spoiler, good. spoilers. Like I mean, oh, yes. I'm sure There's... everybody that wanted to see it has seen it by now. But yes, and also every single Spider-Man movie ever made, I think, is fair game for discussion. Yep, um, probably including Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, I, like. I will talk about... I, I do have some comments about Spider-Verse, so... Yes, yes. So, much can be said about what happens in this movie. You have multiple villains from all the Spider-Man movies. You have uh, multiple Spider-Mans uh, who come together and work together to not only um, stop the bad guys, but in this movie, the interesting twist is that they also seek to cure the villains of the things that have caused them to turn dark. Um, so everything goes wrong when Peter Parker, um, his identity is revealed by Mysterio to the world. So he goes to Doctor Strange for help, trying to get his friends into college. So people have done crazier things, I suppose, to get you know their friends or kids into college. But that's been a scandalous thing in recent years. Yeah, um, very relevant. It, this time, Peter Parker goes to a wizard. So I feel like no one's really tried that. So take that world. Um, I don't know. So Yes, we do. Uh, so he goes to Doctor Strange, um, and Doctor Strange casts a spell to make the world forget who Peter Parker is. Um, Peter Parker, of course, in true Peter Parker fashion, just spits out a bunch of things without thinking through and causes the spell to become unstable. And while Doctor Strange thinks he contains the problem, he accidentally opens up the multiverse, leading to the collision. Um, across worlds of the different Spider-Mans and different villains. Um, so with all of that being said, I feel like a really good synopsis, if you had to kind of just sum it up, is world's second greatest wizard accidentally ruins multiverse and blames it on a teenager. I think that would be my comical like halfway synopsis of it because i feel like it, it kind of is dr strange's fault like can't really blame it all on peter parker there yeah um and I, we can get into that a little bit more um i, I do have thoughts about that 
but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. I, I agree and disagree. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, of course. So um, much happens here. A lot of loss, a lot of excitement, a lot of meaningful moments that are nods to other movies. Um, that I think is what makes it to, to Caleb's earlier statement to potentially one of the biggest movies in terms of what it accomplishes and how it ties things together. Creates a Spider-Man canon of sorts. Um, canon with one end, or I guess two ends, but the ends not next to each other. Not we're not talking about like you know, like Civil War canon. We're talking about like you know the canon of like the Bible or canon in D, like one of those canons. Um, so. After that over-definition of a very simple word, what would you like to say, Caleb? Other things, I mean, we're still in the middle of the movie coming out, so in terms of, like, the gross and that kind of stuff, it's still a little early to say, maybe. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, I guess I'll give you that information uh, based, of, of course, I don't know if, if we've shared this before, but we really just go to IMDb and look at <laughs> the numbers yeah. and, and stuff like that. So it's not magical. Yeah. So we don't know all these things. We didn't do a lot of research. We're looking at it on IMDb in real time. Um, but so yeah, I'll just give a rundown of everything that IMDb says that I think is pertinent to this conversation <laughs> or relevant. Go for rather. it. Yeah. So uh, PG 13, two and a half hours, nearly two hours, 28 minutes. I'm not going to talk about the, what people have rated it, <clears throat> critics and fans. I'm just going to move past that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Directed by John Watts, who I know he did the... Did he do all the Spider-Man, uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies? You know, I, I'm not sure. I think I think he for sure did Homecoming, um, and I don't know why they would switch for the one middle movie. So I'm going to... So I'm. Oh, it says he's known for Homecoming, but the other... Like, Far From Home isn't listed. Oh, wait. Hmm. I think he did. Oh, no, okay, is. he did. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it it's not it's not on his known for, which I thought obviously a Spider-Man movie would probably be the biggest thing he's ever done. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, writers Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Stan Lee, but it's he probably didn't have too much to do with it. It's just based on the characters that he created, um, right. and starring Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon. Um, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, like tons of <laughs> notable people. Uh, yes. And of course, the probably the most notable, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire have returned to reprise their roles as Spider-Man or, or Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also like some big gets to, to bring back Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, and Alfred Molina. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's some Oscars there, or at least definitely some some uh some very um accolade heavy uh actors <laughs> yeah yeah for sure very high powered and i mean i don't know at the time when they were in spider-man movies like where they were at in their careers but definitely at this point you know they all could potentially say i have better things to do than you know be in a superhero movie but yeah um, well i think also like i saw some we all know that the hype for this movie the build-up was insane and so i was watching some interviews you know a month or so ago of just seeing, because uh, we knew the villains were coming back uh, fairly early, and and so there were some interviews with like Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina, and Willem Dafoe, and, and they were cracking jokes about, well, of course we came back for the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure they had some fun with it too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think yeah I think that's part of like I was saying just getting familiar faces. Like I guess there's certain faces we aren't seeing, so like. 
James Franco, um, you know, he's, he was a, a Spider-Man villain, I guess, is the new Goblin, I guess he might be referred to, um, or the, wasn't there another one that wasn't featured? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of, like, or, or like the Topher Grace, Eddie, Topher Grace's Eddie Brock, he was yeah, not, Yeah, so Venom know, was back. not there. Or that, yeah, in the, I guess, Ed, the Topher Grace Venom well, from Spider-Man 3 was not there. Well, I mean, Venom had a cameo, but he wasn't right. really like the you could have. You could have argued that he should have been in the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. Which I mean, again, we'll get into that. There's right. <laughs> there's people that shouldn't have been in the movie, and people that should have been in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. By by the movie's logic or or the yeah. rules that they set for themselves. Yeah, so, yeah, so you'll have to walk us through that, but I agree, definitely. The villains coming back um, made it exciting, but then even the Spider-Mans coming back, I think, was the even bigger, like, really cool movie moment when they started to, when they appeared together, when mm. Tom Holland's Peter Parker was really at his lowest. Yeah. Um, I'm going to <laughs> jump back to uh, filming locations. That always interests me, so I'm going to just... Because hmm, I was scrolling yeah. through. and uh, So it looks like I- Iceland is the first location listed. Uh, so I'm not... I'm oh. wondering if that was where they filmed most of this because it's... If you look under filming locations, you just see Iceland, but then you have to expand it. Um, so I don't know what they did there, but that's, that's kind of a fun fact to me. Um, but then they also filmed in Atlanta, Georgia... Uh, probably on some studio lots in, in California, uh, Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, New York, and Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Um, and it filmed from November 6, 2020 to March 26, 2021. So um, they they were doing all this uh, pandemic era. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, which that, that's impressive too. I mean, just logistically, everything in the background that was probably made that challenging that they were able to pull it off. Yeah. I don't think I saw a single mask in the movie, you know, so. Yeah, I, yeah, there might have been some in my, I wasn't really paying attention to that. I was <laughs> excited yeah. to see the new <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> but, and sorry if you guys hear, there's like a clock that's playing Christmas songs in the background. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, <laughs> and a Happy New Year. Um, <laughs> the last thing that I really want to talk about is numbers uh, in terms of box office. Mm. And, of course, like Seth said, these are just going to be um, as of right now <laughs> because I'm sure that it will continue to amass uh, quite, a, quite, a, um, quite a bit more revenue. So Yeah. Uh, the budget was uh, about $200 million, which is, I think, almost... I mean that that's a big budget, but for Marvel movies, I don't know. That might be average. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if I have enough any... of a data point. I, I think. I feel. I like wonder if that might. It has to be on the high side. Doesn't it, yeah. It? Or, I mean, for movies like Endgame and stuff, where like they get all of the big names together, I'm sure it's yeah. on the higher side. I'm. I feel like but... those movies were about like a quarter of a billion, and so this might. Yeah. You're right. This might be on the higher side, but I feel like Marvel movies typically get about a hundred million. Uh, that might be speculation, and I might be completely wrong in thinking that. Yeah. But I, I, I do yeah. feel like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just gonna take Lots back what money. I said. Lot, lots of yeah. money. Maybe more so than than average which is the opposite of what i had just suggested 
right. <laughs> opening yeah. weekend, they made that all back and, and then some. So opening weekend uh, for U.S. and Canada, this isn't even worldwide, I guess, but they made $260 million, um, as mm-hmm. of December 19th. So that was like two days after it came out. And then worldwide gross is $1.2 billion right now. So they've made a billion dollars profit <laughs> off of this movie. Wow. I'd say it's a pretty good return on investment. There. Yeah, With- definitely. We, t- we we always talk about the return on investment, and I would say that they uh, this, this is one of the biggest returns on investments uh, in, yeah. in film history. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. In one week, it like sextupled the... <laughs> <laughs> the whole budget so yeah. in return. That's pretty insane. Uh, but that's all um, I have for for IMDb. Unless you had some other like sort of behind the scenes kind of facts or, or fun things that you'd like to share. No, yeah, there's nothing else I was aware of. I'm sure there are all kinds of just oh, yeah. fun or funny behind the scenes things that. Um, oh yeah, and I would love the cast enjoyed. I whenever this movie is more of. Not a memory, but whenever it's it's in the rearview mirror a little bit, I would love to hear uh, interviews with like Andrew Garfield and Toby Mo- and people who have had to shut their mouths for a while and and hear what <laughs> what uh, yeah. what their experiences were and, and what they thought of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah that yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think now we can turn towards like talking through some particular plot points that we found interesting. Yeah. I know you have. You had some things like you pointed out where um, potential flaws, I guess, within the movie's rules it built for itself and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I actually, I've been trying to, I told you this a little before we started recording, uh, I tried to come up with a pros and cons list, if you will, or I don't know what terms would fit better for a film. Yeah. But, you know, things that I liked that they did really well and things that I think are glaring issues that might make this not the greatest movie that we've ever seen <laughs> so yeah 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 I, I i don't do not have such a list in mind um i think the things that stood out to me in this movie were the particular like emotional moments i guess mm. with the weight of the different um spider-man stories and like the things are meaningful from their pasts and how they came together and collided and i guess just like a general nostalgia and stuff you know this is like what we this is for you and i this is like what we grew up with um i was even talking to my sister about it um and she uh her and i used to play like the spider-man 2 xbox video game (laughs) so we became like i guess (laughs) yeah so delivering pizzas and all of that that joy but the i think I didn't even realize that, but because that was like Tobey Maguire's voice, you know, mm-hmm. like in some ways he really is like the voice of Spider-Man to me. So like when he showed up and started talking again, I was like, oh my goodness, like yeah. this is so interesting. Like I, I did, I, I always kind of in the back of my mind made fun of Tobey Maguire, like in in terms of like when he started getting the Venom kind of, I guess the symbiote you know, side and doing like the funny dance moves and stuff mm-hmm. in the third movie. But now I'm like, man, like. He's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so stuff like that, I think the emotional side for me is what made the movie interesting. Um, but I definitely want, you know, the pros and cons, I think, balances that out well. Well, um, I have a couple. In, well, to go off of that point, I do think that the first viewing is going to, you're just going to be left with the high of of what you just saw. Like, like you're going to, it's going yeah. to be 
it's going to leave you emotional or you're just going to be left with those feelings. Um, yeah. And so I think that, and I've said this to a few different people, um, my buddy Tim and I were talking about the movie not too long ago, and I think to give any movie its fair chance to prove to you what it is, you should see it multiple times. And I, I know that um, we, you know, that that might not always be like if you if you see a movie and it's awful you might not want to subject yourself to that again or you you might want to see a lot of things so why would you watch the same things over and over yeah um but yeah. but i do think that with movies like this you can see it one time and then be left with that emotional high and think that it's um really spectacular and might overlook some of the glaring issues that might lie there and vice versa mm-hmm. if you see a movie and you're like well that just didn't make any sense or that 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 was awful it might you know make it might make more sense if you see it again it, there might have been some information that you missed or uh, you might have you know been left with a bad taste in your mouth because of a certain thing um, but the acting might have been great or there might have been something else there that's that's uh, uh, noteworthy or, or worth uh, I guess appreciating yeah um, so that that's all I was gonna say about that uh, but to go off of your your um, nostalgia trip <laughs> I <laughs> I have a memory and it's it's I, I posted something about this to my social media when I went and saw spider-man I saw it on Thursday night um, mm. so I was probably among some of the first people in the world to see it um, but I remember, 2002 (laughs) I went to the midnight premiere when that was still a thing midnight premieres I went to the midnight premiere of the first Spider-Man movie uh, with my family Um, and I remember there was all these comic books and action figures and stuff in the middle of the the movie theaters lobby that you could buy and um, just the buzz it was awesome and I was dressed as (laughs) Spider-Man and uh, we sat on the front row which i begged my parents to do that and i know now that that was stupid <laughs> and that you should <laughs> you should never really uh, request to be on the front row but oh for goodness. some reason well i mean i i mean as a kid you're like well that's as close as you can i'm i am experiencing this more than anybody else is i guess what yeah. i was thinking but <laughs> so so i remember i think i was like six or seven so um i i, I just that's one of my earliest memories probably so this movie meant a lot to me especially with the um, what's the word with with the proposition that Toby could have been coming back or yeah 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 <laughs> not for sure man so yeah I don't know if I have quite as vivid of a memory um, I know I think one of the most heart-wrenching moments in a movie I can think of is when um, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man mm barely misses catching Gwen Stacy um, as she's falling mm-hmm. um, in the the second Amazing Spider-Man. I think that, like, messed me up when I saw it. Yeah. Like, that was... Um, I remember that, that being a very powerful moment um, for me watching the movie. Because that was the first time, like, where it was, like, the hero didn't actually, like, you know, like, save the girl or whatever. That, in a movie I could think of, I guess, at that time in my life. Um, Dark Knight. Yeah, the Dark Knight. I, I actually, I'd be interesting how that how that comes together with the, the timing of the Dark Knight. Um, because I guess that was different. Because I guess he was trying, but he was like tricked by the villain. You know, like he was 
yeah. the plan was the plan was to save Rachel. Um, sorry, I guess we're getting into spoilers for different movies now. But <laughs> go, go go watch the Dark Knight trilogy. That, that, that's Seriously, like objectively the best superhero thing ever made. <laughs> yeah, and we're saying that in a Spider-Man really good Spider-Man movie, you know, review yeah. here. Um, but yeah, so I guess I guess that that to me like I, there are moments I remember from these movies that were profound and like for that particular memory about the Gwen Stacy falling, I, I really thought their nod to that in this movie and how they kind of like corrected that or gave him a second chance was really powerful. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think I like I cried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it de- there's definitely some 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 tears that flowed. Um, yeah, it's funny that you not funny, but it's it's just it goes to show the impact of that moment in in in, in film, really, because yeah. that movie is not looked back on as being good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that moment still resonates with people and and stands out, and and it's it's like I'll be I follow a lot of like Instagram, uh, like film oriented pages. And that, like, I'll mm. every now and then be scrolling and see that scene. It's, and I mean, Andrew Garfield, like, his the way that he sold that scene, like, he's one of the best working actors today, and, and he's very good with the emotion. Oh my stuff. goodness! So, yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, powerful scene, and and I'm so glad that we got to sort of see uh, the Spider Man, the Spider Men pick up where they left off, kind of. Um, yeah. And I do want to say I did read. Uh, last night actually about um how involved the spider-men were with how their characters were portrayed on screen this time around and ah, interesting um apparently toby really didn't want to divulge too much information he wanted to be very just kind of like well you know things are all right or just like yeah. not expand upon things and just sort of yeah. keep it close to the chest um which i thought was a very interesting way to play it um, yeah, is although he might have played it that way because it's like we got his story and we can speculate or assume or, or want to believe that certain things happened afterwards, but we got his full story, and Andrews wasn't really finished because it, if if to finish a story it's it, you have to have three movies, he never got that third movie. So um, I think Andrew wanted yeah. to share some more information or be like, this is where Spider Man's at now <laughs> that you yeah. didn't get to see, and so. Yeah. Um, he wanted to show a darker side, like a Spider-Man that failed, um, yeah. and and the darkness that he's been in for for that time. Um, yeah, and I, yeah like, he like yeah, he lost his way, you know. Like he was saying, like he hadn't really, I guess, been yeah, like living up to what a Spider-Man you know should be. And I think that like, just the the dynamic between all of them, like if you've got older, middle, and younger brother, and mm-hmm. Like, older brother has lived through it, and he's come out the other side. Uh, Middle brother is still dealing with the darkness. Little brother is getting a taste for the darkness that the world holds. (laughs) So it's kind of cool to see. Like, I think that the Spider-Men were really well written in this movie. And I think that the performances were great from all of the Spider-Men. Yeah, all of all of their banter and conversation was just I thought was just like so perfect and so funny. That was um, that was my favorite part was just the Spider-Men yeah. interacting with each other. And and they they really did take on the roles and it felt like they were the same characters that that we had, yeah. had seen decades ago. 
Yeah, no, yeah. And I mean, I'm trying to think of like what adjectives best describe Peter Parker. You know, like, I don't know if dorky is maybe sounds a little mean. I think but it's like, a fair. <laughs> you know, it's just like a little bit like. Characters. Like a, maybe a little, a little bit awkward, like, you know, might speak without thinking or like, you know, like not know how to say certain things or like, or like the mannerisms, like Andrew Garfield, like does a lot of like the, like, I don't know, like his, his like gestures and mannerisms, I don't know, like very much like kind of shy, you know, like guy kind of stuff. And it's all very endearing. I don't know. Like he's very easy to, yeah like the Peter Parker character is so easy to get behind um, for being just, you know, like your friendly neighborhood math nerd, I guess, if on that side of his identity. Um, Yeah. So, well, I was yeah. I was um, playing the Avengers game, and there's a Spider-Man DLC that came out for it, and mm. in it he's he's talking to like Black Widow or something, and um, he's explaining. I think she was talking about like his combat training, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I haven't been trained. I just <laughs> go off of feel <laughs> and my senses." And she's like, "How yeah. have you survived this long?" And he's like, "I mean." Like I said, the feel and senses thing, my spider sense, but then also I <laughs> try to I use humor to alleviate whenever I'm panicking. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that's part of the character is he's very Deadpool-esque whenever he is Spider-Man and, and, and he's very like quippy and, and throwing out uh, humorous like little one-offs, but I think that that's how he compensates with he's, he's a kid first of all like freaking out yeah <laughs> so, yeah exactly um yeah but yeah I so that was very believable yeah so we we praised the um well we sort of actually let me go back uh, i want to talk about the performances of the spider-man a little bit more um okay so toby love him love to see him again but i specifically thought that tom and andrew's performances were just a cut above the rest um I yeah. mean, there were some standout villain performances, well, m- mainly Willem Dafoe, but um, I thought Tom proved to me in this movie that he is a phenomenal actor. And he's probably done that for other people in movies before this one. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I have really only seen him in Spider-Man. Uh, but I thought that his acting in this movie was, was top tier uh, most of the time. I think that there was some moments in the first third of the movie that fell flat for me yeah uh well the first third of the movie fell flat in general <laughs> but i'll get to that a yeah little bit okay later. Yeah. yeah um but there was like i remember it specifically a few of the scenes um when when he laughed at uh doc ock's name i thought that that mm-hmm. was a very not good <laughs> like snicker and i thought oh. that that whole sort of th- scene bothered me because it was like it was stupid like i don't see why you would like that <laughs> like that's not a super unusual name Otto octavia i mean i don't know um i just thought that that was really poorly acted from all of the kids that were supposed to be like laughing at his name <laughs> but other yeah. than that like there are some some less than stellar scenes i think but uh i thought that tom's emotional scenes were amazing incredible and same for Andrew. I thought Andrew, all of his <laughs> scenes were just the way that he played. Like you were saying, the dorky side, the the endearing side, the the uh, up, the emotional side, the the panicky. I thought that he just he gave a perfect performance. 
uh, per usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. I just wanted to praise them a little bit more because I thought that, that, that and, and again, I love Toby and I thought that he did a great job, but those two performances stood out to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, I would agree. Andrew Garfield's, I think, Spider-Man has impressed me the most acting-wise. Um, but I think this was a movie where Tom Holland got to shine through yeah. a little bit more. And, I mean, I guess, like, I was trying to think, like, different plot points in the other his other Spider-Man movies. And I guess, like, the whole second movie, you know, is about coping with the loss of Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. So... So, I mean, he's, like, faced loss before, but then additionally, like, facing the loss of Aunt May, I guess it hits, like... This is his Uncle Ben Way closer to home. And we never, yeah. we never got a an origin story for this Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Really. And, and so this is his origin story, and it's it's really cool. Like, you, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but that the other Spider-Men were there to be there for him in ways that they didn't have people there for him, for them. Uh, yeah, because yeah. like imagine if <laughs> when Uncle Ben got killed in the first Spider-Man, if a portal opened and some other people came and were you know mentoring Peter or uh, you know pouring into him a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So I thought that was um, really profound. I mean, on the on the acting performances, I guess in general, I think Willem Dafoe is mm. like. <laughs> just like so good at He's being insane. the Green Goblin, yeah. He, oh I think, goodness. I think the gold standards for super, like super villains. I'm not going to say villains in general, but the gold standard for superhero villains is Heath Ledger's Joker and Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Hmm. And I think a lot of people would agree with me. <laughs> yeah, another Dark Knight Spider-Man comparison. Man, this is a uh, well, might be you know, down somewhere. Just, I think Sam Raimi had a lot of good things. I know that a lot of his movies are kind of looked back on as being uh, cheesy or you know something something along that route, but but he definitely mm-hmm. cast it pretty well and I think that there's a lot of good things there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also to go off of your Andrew comment um, I think a lot of people are realizing he is a wonderful actor. He was a great Spider... Probably the best Spider-Man, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but he yeah. was just surrounded by mediocrity. And so uh, we don't necessarily look back too fondly on his time as Spider-Man. But I think that he just got the, the short end of the stick. Yeah. I, I, I kind of... I was trying to think, like, I wonder, like, why he didn't get a third movie, you know? Because I remember at the end of the second, wasn't there even, like, his own MJ that was, like... Bryce Dallas Howard or something? Or am I completely that like... That was so mis- the same Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Bryce Dallas Howard was the Gwen Stacy. Um, oh, so that... Okay, so I'm, I'm just misremembering the, the movies then there. Um, but okay. I feel like... I gotta be honest with you. I didn't do any prep work for No Way Home. So I didn't go back and watch any of the other Spider-Man movies. Oh, it takes so long at this point. Yeah. yeah. There's like and so I mean, much to go through. I, I still feel like I have a good grasp on what happened in those movies and so i didn't feel like i needed to watch them back again uh but yeah i feel like there was some kind of allusion to another character that was going to come into his story uh yeah but but i I might be wrong in agreeing with you there yeah so that's what i guess that was one of the things i i was left feeling was like man i wish like i guess the point was like we andrew garfield is still in the middle of going through his stuff but Mm -hmm. i kind of wish we had a third amazing spider-man movie to like well 
give him a chance. <laughs> I knows? don't know. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I know that that's a trending hashtag on Twitter and stuff. I know that fans are demanding it right now. So who, yeah. who knows? I mean, if if we know that Sony is all about money, and so if there's <laughs> if there's a buck to be made, I'm sure that they they would consider uh, giving Andrew another go. Yeah, and as I was as watching while watching through the credits, I noticed it looked like it was. I mean, a Sony Pictures movie. So I don't know how, like, that worked, like, in the accreditation or, like, who, like, owned what in this partnership between, like, Marvel well, and... Well, don't they own the Spider-Man character? I think so, And so yeah. I think that they're allowed to be, like, well, this movie wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for us. Yeah, So, yeah. so um, this is a Sony movie. <laughs> yeah, so I, that was the other thing I was glad about is, like, that the... There was enough cooperation between, you know, these like real world entities mm-hmm. to be able to make the good the story we wanted to see happen. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just so glad that they were able to uh, work it, work some things out because I know that as fans, we've been shafted out of a lot of really cool things that we were highly anticipating, just because of uh, like real world contracting and, and, and finance and, and just things like that. Like it's it's unfortunate that the whole the whole of it is that it's a business and that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That we, we have to we're at the we're at the the mercy of, of those with the power and, and who uh, make those decisions. Yeah. Because it, when yeah. it, it all comes down to everything being about the bottom line, and, and that kind of stinks for us if, if you know certain things aren't viewed as profitable or, or um, just not feasible in terms of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, what else did you have from your uh, pros and cons? Oh yeah, um, so um, yeah, so I talked about the performances, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to touch on like we. I already praised Willem Dafoe. And we all know that he's incredible. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that at the performances um, for yeah. the pros. I do have. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna cover the pros for for a few moments here. Sure. Um. Uh, so some of my other points were sh- uh, Toby's um, show don't tell scene, and what I mean by that is um, the scene where he keeps Tom Holland from shoving that glider into Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about this with my buddy Tim, uh, and and I'm gonna bring up his name a little bit because he brought up some good points that I want to share. Yeah, um, yeah. But he he was just making over that scene about how that's the perfect demonstration of show don't tell in movies because that's a criticism that a lot of movies get is that they will throw a lot of exposition at you or or tell you things that happened instead of showing you for for time reasons or whatever mm-hmm. it may be but that scene was done i thought perfectly because you know tom very emotional uh, he's <laughs> not only lost his aunt but he's like going through uh, a crisis of identity and um mm-hmm. just yeah and, and and he he just enraged is is wanting to finish off uh Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin and, and Toby jumps in front of him and he doesn't say anything but he just looks him in the eyes and sort of gives him a knowing um, like word of I, I know how you're feeling I you know I know how you're feeling but this isn't it this is this is not 
this is not what what needs to happen uh, because I've been on the other side of it and and it's a it's 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 a void and and so I thought that that scene was really well done. Yeah, me too. That's a good point. Good job, Tim. <laughs> and um, uh, another good point about Andrew Andrew's redemption that scene where yeah. he catches oh, MJ. Uh, I thought yeah. that was done perfectly because in the same way as as earlier in, in the amazing spider-man 2 tom could not save mj um yeah and 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 andrew was luckily there and i think for him that was that was a redemption moment because he he when it was all said and done he was crying i think like tears of joy just in like he he was able to in that moment he realized that he is able of he is capable of saving people, saving someone, and, and that he he's still fit for this role. Yeah, and I think and that, like because, yeah. yeah, and he was he was catching Peter Parker's you know girl, like his like even though it wasn't his girl, it was still like you know his parallel Peter Parker's love interest that he was able to to save. So I, I completely agree. That is um, huge redemption, very powerful. Um, Man, yeah, like, that's probably the thing from the mo- that movie that sticks with me the most. Like, I don't know why, but that's just such a cool moment. Yeah, well, I think that that's a testament to to how well written that was because, like you were saying earlier, in a in a mediocre movie, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, the moment where Gwen Stacy died, that really resonated with you and has stuck with you since then. And so, yeah. this is like the uh, the other side of that coin. Yeah, and no, then but. my uh, the last pro and a, there's a lot of pros and and <laughs> mm. uh, but this is the last one that I have listed is um, I'm actually uh, excited about the direction of the character because they essentially mm. rebooted uh, Spider-Man in this movie and um, I mean same actor and, and same same characters will probably get some new ones but they basically. This was his origin story, and we get to see how he rebuilds his life as Spider-Man from this point forward. And I think that that's a that's really the to me that's a smart way to play this. If you finish off a trilogy with a character, and you are because because it it's said that he there, he's going to be doing three more Spider-Man movies at least, like solo films. Wow. Um, okay. And so I think that that's a great way to be able to continue his story, um, but not also to I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say like dilute it with just all of this information and because I mean I guess if you kept continuing his story onwards um with with I'm just gonna shut up because I'm no, no, I'm now I lost in I, thought but I I, no, I guess I what I wanted I, to say was I think it's a smart idea and, and a great way to end this particular film to quote-unquote reboot the character yeah, and it, yeah, so I think it is a reboot, and it's like now he goes back and starts more from the place, I guess, of you know where the Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. where we saw the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, or like we saw the Andrew Garfield Spider Man, where they're kind of just like up to their own devices and their own cleverness. And I guess like that's where Tom Holland Spider Man began. We just didn't see it because we they, we didn't need another Spider Man, you know, exposition movie explaining like backstory and like being bitten by the spider and you know 
Which can I applaud the MCU for? (laughs) Because I mean, (laughs) I have seen Thomas and Martha Wayne get blown to heck so many times. It's I don't need to see that ever again in another Batman movie. Uh, Yeah. So I applaud the MCU for, and it's they gave us an origin story, but they didn't give us the one we were familiar with, which it was refreshing. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I just want to applaud the MCU for not, you know feeling like they had to show us Uncle Ben getting killed and, and Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man uh, for the nth time. <laughs> yeah, and it's, so it strips away, you know, like all of the Stark support and, like, the Fabricator, you know, and all of those resources that he was had at his fingertips. Like, he doesn't have any more family. He's, you know, J.J. Jameson no longer knows who he is to berate him and all that stuff. Like, he's just, is literally just a normal guy in the world. Um, but then you still see him come out at the end of the movie uh, in his own homemade Spider-Man costume, like going out to, you know, I guess celebrate Christmas or something. But like he's <laughs> he's uh, like it's it's a very endearing moment because like in the in the world of the movie, like no one knows who he is. Mm-hmm. So then, but and for the audience watching the movie, we're like we're the only ones who know. Like and we know what he did, you know, and what he was willing to sacrifice. But no one's ever going to know. Um, yeah. You know, like what he really. Gave up in order for the you know multiverse to not collapse and reality to you know fall apart and all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and also too, I think it's really cool that we're getting these comic book accurate costumes in movies now. Like we mm. saw it with like Loki, we saw the OG suit, and now we got the OG like Spider Man or the comic accurate Spider. And and they're doing that a lot more with a lot of like I think. Uh, Wanda is starting to look more like she did in the comics and, mm. and j- just all these characters are starting to and it's funny because when you first started the MCU for people to take it seriously you had to make the costumes look modern and, and uh, real world oriented uh, but now that they've gained people's trusts and and they're moving towards the more fantastical side of the, the comic book um, lore that they have to work with uh, we're getting these comic book accurate costumes which i really appreciate (laughs) yes yeah and it's a great segue like this movie i guess i won't say any spoilers about the marvel tv shows but we had a little bit of exposure to the multiverse um and one of those and now this movie um i think kind of opens up the mechanics of the multiverse for those who are not comic book initiated to kind of understand like how does that actually work you know Mm -hmm. like there's how are there three you know peter parkers it's like okay so it's just like they're just you know in different timelines or in whatever different worlds like living and occupying space so it's not like all the stories are supposed to be building on each other it's like they're actually different stories uh, of the same character embodied in different realities and environments yeah and if so, you watch th- what if i think that that does a good mm. job of explaining the multiverse and, and showing you the different like universes that that exist yeah yeah because like so just the did... intro of that show they're just like well this is this is the thing. And then also if you watch Loki too. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they did so many things well in this movie, I think. Um, was there anything else you wanted to highlight in particular? Um, gosh. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind right now, uh, pro-wise, is just the scope of this movie. Like, when, when the hype started and there was speculation that the Spider-Men were going to come back, if, if it had turned out that 
they didn't come back or they weren't in this movie, it would have flopped. Or it might not have flopped, but I think people would have been upset because they got yeah. their hopes up. And yeah. I just, I think it was a very smart idea to, to do it. And I don't think it was difficult because I'm pretty sure that both Toby and Andrew would have said yeah. I mean, they did say yes. So, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it I mean, I guess there it would have been you would have had to talk to Sony or whoever. Like there was probably some some T's to cross and some I's to dot, but I don't think it was super insanely impossible to get this movie together. And uh, I just want to applaud them for getting it done because this is what everyone wanted to see. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For sure. uh, and also, too, this this movie is essentially. You, you know the the MCU Endgame was was about a decade in the making, but this movie is twenty years in the making. So mm. I, I just mm. think I, I don't know. I personally think that this is almost a bigger scaled movie than Endgame in some ways. Like they don't have yeah. you know fifty actors sharing the fifty huge superstars sharing the screen. Um, so Endgame you know might have the leg up on that but this this movie is is crazy what they what they uh the idea that they had and, and how they executed it it's it's uh pretty impressive yeah and i think um i think you're spot on there that like the the creative like mind it take I, it would take to come up with this movie i guess like if there there i don't know if there's really a precedent for this type of spider-man story where all the Spider-Mans come together. Oh wait, there's Into the Spider-Verse. So, so like, what in the world? Like, where did I wonder? Like, when that movie arose, if this type of project was at all on the horizon, you know, for Marvel about like bringing together multiple Spider-Mans and like having Peter Parker mentoring, you know, like another young Spider-Man figure, or like there were so many things about this movie that just made me think Into the Spider-Verse, and it was just. Mm-hmm. Um, very puzzling me then about like you know which one like the chicken and the egg like which which movie i guess like that was someone having this idea all along and they're like oh let's make into the spider-verse because it's never gonna work or um i will so so i mean we also had spider-man shattered dimensions which was a video game Mm. that i mean one thing i will say is i applaud the people that made this movie happen but they did have everything like written out for them in the comic books. So, okay. and then that's kind of that's kind of a, an argument that some people have, which is a fair one. Like they, if you compare the effort that went into this movie versus like Christopher Nolan's Tenet, and we know that I think that that's the gold standard for movies, and I'm always going to bring that movie. But that was a completely original idea, and I mean, he pulled from probably like James Bond movies and. And yeah. like Back to the Future, you know <laughs> stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but that came out of his brain from basically just what he experienced and, and and took in, and that was the product he delivered. And I think that that's a lot harder than being like, okay, well, which comic book arc are we going to take from and <laughs> make movies yeah. on now? So I'm not to take away from the writers of this movie or any other Marvel movie, but they do have source material to work off from because because yeah like i was watching some of the matt pat uh film theorist videos leading up to this and and there are comic books that are almost scenes from the movie that we just saw were ripped straight out of the comic books so yeah they they did have sourcing material to work off of 
Yeah, which is, you know, I don't think that takes away from your creativity. I think a lot of creativity is, is just repackaging, you know, yeah. what exists and making something new. It also lets them, like, direct their effort to other places. Like, so, like, the little quippy dialogue, you know, moments. Like, they can spend more time thinking about, like, how to milk that screen time with the three Spider-Mans together, you know, and, like, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, because they had that milk, they material. did. <laughs> they did. I'll get, they did. I'll get into that. <laughs> okay yeah curious what you mean there well did um, you did you want me to move on to some of my cons or yes yes no i think this would be okay. good maybe a good time to make that pivot yeah i i i want to say preface this because i am going to roast it a little bit well i'm, I'm not okay. intending on roasting the movie but i will say i think this movie has received a very undeserving um the the feedback that it's been getting is a little bit undeserved in terms that like on imdb i'm gonna address it now it has an 8.8 and Mm -hmm. for the longest time it had like a 9.1 with like hundreds of thousands of reviews which would make it like the second greatest movie of all time um which it's not (laughs) it's no 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 and I've also heard a lot of people talking about Oscar season, like this movie should be nominated, and they're really pushing for it to be nominated. Yeah. This movie is not really of the same caliber. <laughs> um, yeah. So th- those are just some, I just want to knock us back down to reality a little bit. This is, a, and I bought these tickets weeks in advance. I saw it Thursday night, <laughs> like the day, <laughs> the first possible showing that I could. Uh, yeah. around my work schedule and everything. I'm a huge fan. Spider-Man is my second favorite superhero behind Batman. I'm super into mm-hmm. the MCU. I'm just trying to build up street cred here. But this movie <laughs> has been hugely overhyped. And, and I think that mm. I just want to share some of the things that I noticed that I think were less than um, spectacular. Yeah. Well, I think with that, I think you have the credibility to make <laughs> to make whatever observations. I you just feel like shared you my story that. about sitting on the front row as a child and yes, my love for Toby and how great it was to see him again. Yeah, so now you've been doing time. this for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Twenty years you've been a Spider-Man fan. So. Yeah, and I will call out all of the other movies on on some of their weaknesses. But um, hmm. the fir- so I'm just going to go down the list. So these aren't in any particular order. Did you think that the characterization of Doctor Strange was way off? Hmm. I thought that he was a completely different person in this movie. And he seemed... I'd say it did seem different. Um, it, I don't know if I, I would have thought it was off, but it did seem different. I mean, I know that in the first Doctor Strange movie, or I guess the only solo one that we have, he was kind of a stuck-up douchebag, but I feel like mm-hmm. he went on this very long character arc... And he should be, like, he was playful a little bit in this movie, but he seemed very stern and very just kind of disconnected from the heart of it all. And very, he just didn't seem himself. And yeah. and uh, I know that there was some speculation that we were going to get the evil Doctor Strange from the What If episode, episode four. Mm. Um, there were some people thinking, oh, well, that's... That's a different doc. It's the evil Doctor Strange from that episode that we're getting, um, mm. but it it wasn't because we saw the trailer for Multiverse of Madness after this movie, and 
clearly <laughs> the evil Doctor Strange is a lot more evil than the one that we got in this movie. And I just felt like his characterization was off. I don't know if it was the writing or the performance that Benedict Cumberbatch gave, but I just didn't think Doctor Strange felt right. He didn't feel the way that I expected him to, to feel. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, some of that maybe could be intentional like he's like not the sorcerer supreme that's why i joked he's the second greatest wizard because i guess yeah. wong you know is like the boss now yeah i was like it's gonna be like oh well, he's not in charge like he doesn't have a whole lot of stakes like in the skin of the game maybe as much as if he was really sorcerer supreme um because like i guess you know he was blipped away and I don't, I don't know if we've really seen much of what he was up to since he came back in any way shape or form until this movie um so I mean, he might have had, might have some story that unpacks in his, you know, next hit the second Doctor Strange coming up. But I guess that would be um, something. And like I said, it was very strange that like, I mean, he's such a powerful wizard and stuff that like he let this spell get out of control, you know, yeah. or like that he even like listened to to a child. <laughs> yeah, to the child and like re- like about such like a scary thing. Like it kind of goes back. I guess like he he might not have really gotten over his like you know hubris. Um, pride problem mm-hmm. you know if he was like oh yeah i'm dr strange like i'm not i'm not gonna mess this up yeah, yeah like it's gonna be it's gonna be fine and also too like he did make the comment like after all we've been through i forget how young you are um yeah so i mean i guess you can explain away um the characterization of dr strange in this movie uh, in that he's not the sorcerer supreme so he might be a little bit you know <laughs> more like let's just have fun uh, and then whenever things got serious, he was like, okay, I need to fix this so Wong, Wong doesn't find out. Um, and then also, too, the whole he forgot Peter was a child, so um, he, you know, went along with <laughs> a spell yeah. to, like, brainwash the entire world. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel right about Doctor Strange walking away from this movie. He felt very weird to me. And that might yeah. just be me, but yeah, that was something yeah. that I thought was worth noting. Yeah, okay. Um, this next one might be unfair. I've been thinking about it. I just don't... I think that they do a good job, just good. Um, and I'm talking about Zendaya and Jacob Batalon, their characters. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't... And it might be because these movies feel very tween to me. Um, very Diary mm. of a Wimpy Kid. Uh, but i just i don't know i just have never really bought into mj and ned and they still feel like okay they're there they're fun but just like i'd rather i feel like they brought this movie down because they're not spectacular actors whereas like willem dafoe alfred molina Tom Holland gave a phenomenal performance. Andrew Garfield. I don't know. I just feel like, in comparison, some of the performances of the usual cast members uh, fell flat in comparison to the other performances of the people that returned from different movies and, and such. Yeah, I mean, like, that could be fair that they're overshadowed, you know, in a sense by that. But it's, I think a lot of the comic relief came from like the friendship interactions. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there's something to that. I also think Ned becoming a wizard was like hilarious. <laughs> um, like that whole like as soon as as soon as that thing happened, like I turned uh, to my fiance in theater. I was just like, there is no way they're gonna they're gonna like make him a wizard. And then like, of course by the end he's like opening these portals and it's like yeah. it's like what in the world? <laughs> like what is what is the, where is this gonna go? We're gonna get a Ned movie someday. Um, but yeah. The, so 
I think they made they made his character meaningful, you know. So he had mm-hmm. some movement and development from being just the guy in the chair, you know. I guess to like yeah. having a cool skill he discovered, but like for MJ, I guess it was more about just like her, like loving Peter. I guess was like the development. I don't know if they you know had like talked about loving each other, um, and 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 like that way, or like if it was mostly just about the pain of their goodbye at the end, maybe like that was the growth for her. Was like. Not wanting to say bye, but like accepting yeah. that this was the only way, you know. So I think that there are, there are emotional moments. I think that are important for the friendships. But in terms of if you're talking about performances, I mean, I feel like that that could be a very fair thing to say. And and I mean the the character arc of MJ too. Like she was very like disconnected, I think, and very from just like almost people, or at least that's the way that it felt to me. And, yeah. and it feels like with Peter and Ned, she kind of opened up and and, and and was in a very loving relationship with, with both of them. And and then the, the fact that she kind of had to say, I don't know, I think that that was an interesting development of her character. Yeah, so I think they all had, like, the, the friends, I think, had some interesting character arcs. The Flash Thompson stuff, I think, was just, like, I guess, comic relief or just gave him a reason, you know, to go yeah. talk to the MIT he was in the other movies. There. He's a... He's a yeah. He's a staple in in Peter Parker's life, so yeah. But yeah. I don't think they had too much to do for him here. No, which not was, really. I mean, that's fair in a movie like this. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just I don't know the the I I have never been a fan of the the tween direction that they went with these movies, and that's just that's just me. Like, uh, that's not that's just my critique. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that other people probably love it and think that it's great. And that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I mean, it's really relatable stuff is like when you are in high school, like one of the, the biggest things you're thinking about is just like, Oh man, like what am I do after high school? Like what's college going to be like? You know? I, so I think it, it probably resonates, mm-hmm. I think with our memories, maybe of that phase and also with people currently, you know, in high school and stuff. Um, I bet that makes this like a really relatable movie to watch in that way. And, how their you know their worst fear is not getting into the school they want to go to, yeah. um, and all of that. So I mean, it's like it's like I think it's just bringing out that he is like a kid, like Spider Man is a kid. Yeah. So a kid, a kid has friends, um, and the friends you know might be a little quirky or, or weird, but like it's an important part of um, his characterization, I think. Yeah, and and yeah, like like you were sort of saying. Uh, we we watched these newer movies as as adults, <laughs> yeah. living in the real world, and so uh, maybe they would have resonated more with us if, if we were in high school. Which I mean, when when Andrew's movies were coming out, I was in high school, so yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe um, those resonated with me a little bit more because they were like him and Gwen were talking about like moving uh, somewhere like London or Paris or something. <laughs> to go to yeah. school and yeah and so uh yeah maybe that resonated with me a little more than, than this time around uh because of just where yeah. i'm at in my life yeah maybe um uh so we got to talk about electro shouldn't have been in this movie huh okay that i was not expecting that so he, what's the thought there well he never learned that peter parker was spider-man in ah. in his in his movie um, oh Okay. Which again, yeah, I haven't remember. rewatched the movie, but I don't remember that happening, and that is a huge critique that other people have had. So I'm assuming that it's correct in that he never found that out. Yeah, um, and I believe that's true. 
So well, he I mean, made the he made the joke. Remember about at the end of yeah. like he's talking about you know you're from Queens like you're always helping like poor people and stuff. He's like I always thought you were black. <laughs> but like <laughs> and honestly, that, thing, so like, that was a little Miles Morales reference, and I appreciated. I, yeah, yeah. So the, like the Spider Verse, you know, there. But I think it, with that statement, was that I guess on that is like he had never seen. Yeah, he didn't Spider Man as Spider-Man's the identity. Peter Parker. So that is but a he knew, huge plot hole. <laughs> but he knew he knew Peter Parker, right? I think like Max knew from from the, the maybe time that, maybe they like interacted once or twice in the movie. Uh, I thought that was part of part of their their thing is like because he acted like Peter acted Andrew Garfield acted like he knew Max. Yeah. So this might be something we would just need to go back and watch to see learn more about their yeah relationship. But right. I'm pretty sure that he never found out that Peter Parker was Spider Man. Yeah. Um, and and if I'm wrong, then I'll swallow that. And um, but I'm, I think a lot of people I've talked to have have shared that same yeah. worry. Yeah. Um, if that would that would be a, a bit of a gaping hole if yeah. that is the case, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> Jamie Fox is incredible. Like he, oh, yeah. phenomenal voice. He, he's he's great at everything, and he yeah. definitely added to this movie. Um, I just. I think that it it's 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 a it's an issue for him to be here <laughs> because Doctor Strange, you know, said it clearly. Uh, the spell is bringing in everybody who knows it. Peter Parker, Spider Man. Well, Electro didn't know that, so he shouldn't have been present. Yeah, yeah, and I think among the villains, like the Flint Marco character, I think was probably like the least. Like seemed like he would have the least connection to Spider Man. Like I'm trying to like Spider Man three, the movie. I kind of it's kind of a blur for me at this point. Mm-hmm. But I remember like I guess he you know turned into the sand monster thing and like that became like a big you know thing in that movie. But in terms of like how Peter Parker related to him and stuff, that um, I don't remember as much of. But the I think like they almost needed that dust character to be able to fight off the you know electro character because spider-man was getting wrecked by him in the middle of the woods you know like how i don't know how else he was going to um be able to subdue him without the help of like you know the 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 person who cannot be electrocuted you know because he's just in the elements of earth or whatever we have like the air the airbender whatever like the fire and earth battle i guess yeah yeah i, don't I, really know I just googled say. and it says it can electro never learned spider-man's true identity in the amazing spider-man 2 and so should not have been affected by dr strange spell even his ally harry osborne played by dane DeHaan, only discovered peter's secret after max died in battle with spider-man hmm. so oh, okay so here's here, here, for you then so here's here's what happened though so what the Andrew Garfield we saw in this movie wasn't actually the Andrew Garfield from The Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's another Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe where the only difference is Electro <laughs> discovered his identity before he died. I think you're, um... I find y- your willingness to defend this movie very endearing, but I, I don't... <laughs> I think that we're supposed to believe that these are the Spider-Men that we've seen before. I know, I know. So. Just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, <laughs> with, with all the multiverse logic, you could really, you know, take this any direction you want to and just be like, oh yeah, you know, it's just a different universe. <laughs> like, the, or, I don't know. I'm just having fun with it. But that, I, I'd say, I'd say from, from a writing plot standpoint, 
I, I really I understand why they wanted his character in this movie because of the the whole way that I guess Tony Stark's arc reactor changed like the electrical world. Like he kept talking about like the power he was tasting in yeah. this world was like so much different. So I think that was a really cool thing for his yeah villain characters that he became like so much more like powerful. Yeah, um, he was like because I of love the arc reactor. This universe. Feels yeah, great. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, from that perspective, I completely understand why he was great to have. Jamie Foxx, awesome, added so much. Um, and it's just unfortunate that, you know, because the, 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 they didn't have the, the foresight from the Amazing Spider-Man was not looking forward to like, oh man, we got to make sure these specific characters know Spider-Man's identity. Mm-hmm. So when, you, cause when you're going back and writing over all of this stuff, I think you're just having to do the best you can yeah. to pull in what you want, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay, the next point. This movie, I think, relies too much on fan service and memes. Um, mm. Like, I think that it detracts from the overall narrative and 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 yeah. I just I don't. I feel like there are a lot of moments where <laughs> there's almost like a pause for claps, and uh, I've I've seen some some scenes again that have leaked onto the internet um i don't know if that's safe to say uh like i haven't pirated mm. anything <laughs> but yes just, I there you. are videos on youtube where people have recorded like reactions to the film and stuff like that uh but there there are moments where if you see it a second third fourth time you know way after the the initial uh i guess excitement and there aren't going to be as many like outbursts I wonder um, how the movie feels then. Uh, yeah, I think I th- it's also something I think that speaks to that this movie was meant to be received by audiences in a theater mm-hmm. together. Yep. And get that the, that wow the first time. So if you go back and watch this by yourself, some of those moments might fall a little flat, or you would notice. Oh, some definitely more. so. Like the like but, like yeah. all of the, and I mean, if you're just like a parent watching it with your kids, you might not. But like, there are some lines in there that were obviously put in there just to service the fans, and like the "I'm somewhat of a scientist myself" quote, and then the "my back" thing. Like those are a little bit probably like cheesy, and they stick out if you watch it again, and you're not like, "Oh, ah, ha, ha, like laughing with people in the theater," and you're like, "Oh, that's a meme that you know we've been seeing for a decade now." Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I just feel like. I'm hesitant to see it again for a second time because I wanted to review this movie with you just having seen it one time, just my initial yeah. response. Uh, but I do want to see it again, but I'm, I'm fearful that my um, rating of the movie that I'll share with you at the end of this video will will go down. <laughs> so Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So this is the best it's going to get. The, the highest opinion of this movie is right now talking about it with me as I am making outrageous statements to defend it. Despite maybe, all odds, maybe I, I hope that it that it is a solid, and I think it is a solid movie. But I just I think that this movie relies a little too much on fan service and and, and yeah, bringing bringing things in just for our sake to make us yeah. to give us a quick chuckle. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah, and from the from like the, the I guess looking for film as like an art medium, I think that's a fair thing to say. That yeah. as just like the, and you know, that's how I view. Like I mm-hmm. I go into a movie and analyze it. As I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah. But from the, the popular 
hype make a you know over a billion dollars <laughs> a perspective i think you know that they might just want to maximize those audience moments as much as possible yeah so um i uh, of course i remember what happened but i think that the first third of the movie was very forgettable and just kind of meh um yeah well i think i think i i was after so at the end of um Oh my goodness, what's the name of the second one? Far From Home. At the end of Far From Home, I thought his identity being revealed was like, by Mysterio, was going to... I hated that, because I hate hate how it was like a cliffhanger. Like, it felt like a TV show. And then then this movie, they were playing catch-up from that, and then they also had to tell the story that they wanted to tell with all, like, the multiverse. I I just didn't... uh, I was talking with my buddy Tim about this. I just didn't agree with the whole cliffhanger. Oh, his identity's revealed. Let's go to the next... And then they kind of had to bridge yeah. the gap and then tell the... St- I don't know. I just yeah. didn't... I don't so think, I think that was executed the best way I, it could have yeah. been. Yeah. For, for, for No Way Home to work, the world had to know he was Spider-Man. Otherwise, you know, there would be no need for the spell, no need for... Yeah. Like, all of the drama around, like, what caused this whole, like, collision of events. But... I guess the way they went about doing that was, oh my goodness, this is going to be like a huge legal battle. Like, what's going to happen? And then they're just like, oh, all this drama, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Deus Ex oh, Daredevil. <laughs> they, yeah, they, Daredevil's there and, like, you know, everyone completely believes a blind man can catch a brick. <laughs> and, like, also, I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, the Daredevil thing. So I thought that I, that was, that's one of, I mean, it's, it's a very, I guess, a different kind of TV show, much more like, gritty and like mm. dark in a lot that's, of ways that's up my alley though that's probably up your <laughs> the alley the punisher show and that oh show <laughs> were incredible yeah so <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate that they brought in you know charlie cox for for doing that but anyways so the whole opening part of the movie is like oh my goodness this is gonna be like a huge like legal thing and it's like oh they drop all charges no big deal yeah now it's just like oh no we can't get into college so like the it was it was just weird how it went from like being this like global big problem back to like the microcosm of peter parker's world just not working out as well as he wanted it to because his friends couldn't get into college to then like okay now let's create another world ending conflict um like the, the just like the rhythm of that scope in the first part of the movie just felt i guess a little felt like you're saying it was it was just like felt like exposition like they just had to work through some stuff to get to the story they really wanted to tell yeah um because of how the second movie left it hanging a little bit yeah, and I mean, like I was talking with with Tim. I'll bring up Tim again. Um, <laughs> I I just don't know if this was the most interesting story to tell. Um, hmm. In terms of like just that, and that's just a personal um, thing. Like like I'm just like I wonder how they could have told this story if they didn't do it the way that they did it with with the cliffhanger at the end and then having to play catch up in this movie. And um, I just wonder if there was a different narrative that they could have used that that would have worked as well to you know bring about the multiverse uh topic um but but that being said i think that the idea works and it's a good one that was just me being like i wonder if there was a better one that was more interesting to me (laughs) personally but um yeah i yeah no need to repeat what what we've both already said, but I just I feel like the uh, the pacing was a little off, and I didn't really appreciate the cliffhanger at the end of the last yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's a question for you: pro or con 
What did you think about the idea of curing villains rather than just, like, defeating them? Um, I don't have any issues with it. I also don't really... I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really thought too much about that. I think that that's a very um, forward-thinking concept because in the past it has just been about defeating those opposed to you. Yeah. But I think that now it's a very more people-oriented kind of concept to be like, well, these are people that we should care for or you know, try to help if we can. Uh, like, we know yeah. that, like, Willem Dafoe is a pretty bad dude, but, you know, if we could cure him, that's better than him going and dying. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like that, because it's a very, I think, modern perspective, um, and a very, like, I, I mean, I think that's kind of a liberal perspective, but I agree with it. Like, I, I don't know, I like, I, yeah. I didn't think that it was... I probably wouldn't have batted an eye if they would have just sent the villains back to be killed and, and the plot was just, oh, we just got to get them back. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I probably wouldn't have been like, oh, but then they're going to go die. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw them die and, and that's just how their story goes. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't think it was a bad move. I, I, I think that it's a good idea uh, or like a very, yeah. you know, in terms of societal... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. It's a very good message to, to give to people right now. Um, yeah, and I think this, it's like it resonates with the part of people, I think, is ingrained in them that desires redemption and desires yeah. a second chance. So I think I appreciate that a lot. And I think, like, especially with Aunt May's character being so central to the whole, like, mm -hmm. re redemptive mission of Spider-Man in that sense was, like, you know, she's, like, serving, you know, these people who are having hard times with her organization and stuff and um it's like all that like fits together but it does make you wonder so like then does the goal of the superhero become not to just defeat the villain but also to save the villain so like batman you know has a thing like where he doesn't kill people so he has that really interesting relationship with joker where like he is always trying to defeat him but he like won't kill him yeah um so like that great people have asked him dynamic. about that they're like why don't you do that and he's like well that would just make me the same as them. But then also, exactly. like, well, the whole, just a, you know, a bit of a, a wreck uh, <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, the, the animated movie, or just the, the mm. comic arc. Um, mm -hmm. That Jason Todd in that movie is like, why don't you just, like, end him? Because he causes so much pain and suffering to everybody. And you could prevent all of that if you were yeah. to just take him out of the game. But then Batman explains, like, well, that means that I'm a killer, too. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. So, but then, I guess, because then that's this whole, the whole conflict for Tom Holland at the end that Tobey Maguire is helping him with is, like, you know, killing him is not going to, is not going to bring, you know, Aunt May back. It's not going to solve anything with that powerful show, not tell moment. But then, like, so thinking about all the other Marvel movies then, so, like, were the Avengers somehow less heroic for, you know, killing Thanos, like, by snapping him away than just, you know, like, trying to save him, you know? It's, or... it's, it's a very, I think what we're getting into is a very, um, I don't know the right words, but very, like, we could battle, we could, we like could, philosophical yeah, kind philosophical, of? that's, that's it, but, yeah. like, we could battle this out, and, because, I mean, you could argue, well, Thanos 
was so driven in his in his plan and his purpose that he was not going to stop and so it's for the for the sake of <laughs> the people that are here now the the only thing you can do is to quote unquote kill him uh, but then it's like well you know should you kill him <laughs> yeah I, yeah yeah well it's interesting to see what they do with the next three spider movies then if the precedent now is like the better thing is to save the villain than to just defeat the villain like if how they move forward with that if that's yeah. like gonna be his thing is like he's just like gonna have to you know redeem every person he fights yeah it's an interesting point you bring up and and um i don't know if i can say it's a pro or a con it's just it's interesting and i appreciate that it's there like i and I, yeah. I mean, I, if they're, if people are able to be saved, then that's definitely better than killing them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, re- and that's also kind of like, in the past, we would just like lobotomize people with issues, and now we're really trying to uh, take care of these people that 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 um, you know, have have differences from from that which we consider normal. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's, that's great that we're, that we're paying more attention to that and trying to help people instead of just like, quote unquote, fix them or, <laughs> uh, make them not yeah. an issue for us anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was just a thought. Yeah. A question I wanted to ask, you know, if that, if you saw that as a con, I don't think I see it as a con, but I do see it as making future stories more complicated and how yeah. they, they approach that relationship. Yeah. So, um, I just, so these last things i have listed i just have two more things they right. are personal issues so they aren't things that the movie did wrong they're just things that i would have wanted to see maybe or i think that would have elevated the movie um and so i think that the lack of connection to the other phase four like marvel properties like the shows and movies that we've already gotten Mm-hmm. Um, because we're starting, we've gotten a few things that are multiverse um, centered, and I think that it would have been cool to see this movie interact with like Loki or, or you know something, or even I'm I'm kind of show, jumping to the next point that I have, but the Spider Verse, um, mm-hmm. or just just other things that exist already it would have been neat to see this movie interact with those things. Especially, you know, I think that the next phases of Marvel, this, the multiverse concept could be really complicated, and I think that mm-hmm. it might be better to start connecting some of those dots now um, to, to more effectively and, and probably in a, in a you know, more streamlined um, fashion. It, it might be good to start you know, connecting some of those things now. Um, well, I guess Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be yeah. the big movie. But I, I think that it would have been kind of cool to see this movie interact with Loki, like the end of that. Like when, honestly, when that whole, when I saw the trailer and he was like, they're coming through, I mean, I kind of thought, well, is Kang going to, are we going to see him mm-hmm. in this, in the sky? Um, and I thought that that kind of would have just been, and he might have been, like I didn't, I know that there's like videos on YouTube where people are like anal- analyzing uh, some of the images that we saw in the sky and, and like characters, but I think that they were all just Spider-Man villains from from what I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of would have been cool to see like the Kang. Uh, I think Jonathan Majors is his name. The guy that 
played Kang yeah. and Loki, maybe just, you know, just to sort of connect the two things together, be like, oh, the multiverse, you know, we're talking about yeah. that now. Um, yeah. I don't know. that, And that's just a personal thing. That's that's not anything that they did wrong. That's just something that I kind of thought, oh, it would have been cool if they would have connected this to the other things that we've been watching um, yeah. at home, no, I, or that they've asked yeah. us to watch at home that are supposed to service these films. Um, yeah. And then also lack of connection to the Spider-Verse. Um I think this would have been, and I mean, it would have been a lot to, to include this into the movie. But this would have been a perfect opportunity to intro Miles Morales or to have even just cameos from some of those other Spider-Men like Nicolas Cage's noir Spider-Man or the, the Spider-Pig <laughs> or Gwen Stacy's Spider-Girl Spider or Spider-Woman. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that it would have been, in a movie that's all about the Spider-Verse. <laughs> it would have been cool to connect this movie to the Spider-Verse movie. Uh, that's, yeah. that's just another issue that... And I... Yeah, I think that they could have really... They, they sort of teased at Miles Morales, and they're like, we know that... <laughs> it's almost like they were like, we know that this this is a, a movie that we could have revealed him in, but we're just going to tease you for now. He's he's coming, or he might not come, but we're, we're acknowledging that he exists, but... We're leaving it alone for now, which that it might not be in their plans to introduce him or, or anybody else right now. But I think that this would have been the perfect opportunity to do that. So I guess it'll be interesting to see if if some of those characters come around later on, how they do it, because uh, I, I think that they missed an opportunity here. Yeah, uh, I think I think all of your your cons are pretty fair, Caleb. And I mean, no movie can be perfect. Um I know you might argue tenets, you know, as close as you'd get to a perfect movie. And that's just, uh, again, all of this is subjective. Uh, but but yeah. I, I thank you, because I, I was trying to bring up fair points, pros and cons, because there's a lot of good, and I really did enjoy this movie. I don't want anyone listening to this to think that I'm just roasting it. Um, this, is, this is from a person who has loved and followed the Spider-Man character for my whole life, really. And uh, I, I just, you know, I, I love seeing justice done to it, and I also want to, you know, critique it a little bit if, if there's some things that me as a fan, I'm not, I'm not on board with, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, and and that's, I think that's what they, when people create acts of art and release them to people, you know, they have their, you know, goals and doing that and like they're doing the best they can to tell the story they want to tell but like they also you know want us to interact with it and um think about it so i think we can honor you know artists and creators by like considering what they're doing and like you know giving them credit for what they're doing um and but also you know for our own sake like as we become more creative individuals like think about like if we were you know doing this how would we do it differently or like what would that change if we you know reimagined it yeah so um do we want to get into did you have anything i i right now don't have anything else to say and i'm sure that there's tons of things that like in an hour from now i'll be like well dang i didn't touch on that but <laughs> no i um i think i think we move into some rating oh kind of i stuff. do i do want to i do want to uh one more thing um yeah i did think that it was interesting um, the whole J. Jonah Jameson stuff because <laughs> we kind of live in an era where whichever side of the aisle you fall on politically or you don't fall on um, the media outlets that cater to either side of the aisle are very one-sided 
<laughs> and mm. um, I, I, you know, all of them, whichever political affiliation. And so I think that this was very interesting to see them sort of uh, maybe not comment on it, but just you know have that there present in the movie uh, mm-hmm. because. I'm trying, I don't want to get into like a political discussion, but no, yeah, I think well, like I think like, it, it, like if you watch a certain news outlet, they they only push their narrative that they have or that they want to share. Um, yeah, which I think is not a very unfair thing to say. If you turn on a specific news channel, you might get a certain impression about a person or a, or a, a a group of people, and then you turn on another one, and it's like the opposite. And it's like well. They only, you know, seem to share uh, their opinions, and <laughs> they don't really share facts anymore. They just share, uh, or not all of the facts. They just share what, you know, supports their narrative, which I think kind of is what J. Jonah Jameson was doing. Like, he only had a small amount of facts, and he was just trying to push a narrative that Spider-Man is evil. It's like, well, we know that he's not evil. He's a, you know, he's a kid trying his best to <laughs> uh, yeah. help people. Uh, yeah. so that that was just something I wanted to to maybe mention. Yeah, and I think like the I think that portrayal of like the hysterical you know like news kind of persona. I think there was, there was even an arc for him. It was funny because he was like the story about him. Like there wasn't really a story about uh, J J Jameson um, in the movie, other than that it shows him like in this like fake you know daily bugle you know like it's a green screen his basement to actually becoming like yeah. the real deal so he's like right he's rides this hysteria to the top um, yeah and i don't know if we really get a lot of like like commentary on like whether that's good or bad but then it is interesting that spider-man you know turns around and uses him basically to you know play his end game of getting all the villains together yeah um so I, that'll be interesting yeah, if they if they you know keep on the using JJ Jameson and it's so it's so great that they got J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, to, dude's uh, an Academy Award winning actor. He's oh he's yeah. great. <laughs> so. Yeah, and you and you, I guess he's fun. And, he, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he is also the Tobey Maguire. Yeah, JJ Jameson. So that's also interesting that like across multiverses now, is you have the same. Jamie J- Jameson, I guess, is, is the same in every universe. I guess that's what we. What if that's he's like a watcher? <laughs> okay, now we're, yeah, now we're getting into something, and that's what that's why he's a news anchor. Is he's watching everything, and then yeah. you know, he's like trying to manipulate. And, I don't like, think a watcher would be him. so partial to one side of <laughs> the truth. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, probably probably not. So, uh, but that, that yeah, that's just because we saw Stan Lee in one of those end credit scenes in like Guardians or something. We saw that he yeah. actually turned out to be a. Well, maybe not a watcher, but like he was interacting with them. He might be a yeah. watcher. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, just like yeah, that's why he keeps popping up, you know, yeah. or popped up in all the cameos and yeah. everything. But so, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, all I had. So, did you want to start with sharing your rating for this movie? Yeah, and so I'm gonna give. I'm gonna do. I think two things. I think to solidify some stuff so I, I i can't i wouldn't be able to go through and rank every single spider-man movie in terms of like order of preference at this point but i do want to i do want to just i guess confirm that i think the tom holland spider-mans are probably now my favorite set of spider-man movies but that's really now because of really the fact of just what the mcu has accomplished in general and then what andrew garfield and toby mcguire's legwork did you know, for this movie. So I think it's tough because I'd say these are my favorite Spider-Man movies. Andrew Garfield, 
I think he's my favorite Spider-Man actor. Um, but Tobey Maguire is the voice of Spider-Man from Spider-Man Two video game. So it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to give a ranking. <laughs> it is, yeah. But I would I would probably put the in terms of Andrew, Tom, Toby in terms of like just my the one in terms of my personal resonance with the the character and, and actor and stuff. But then in terms of how we rank this movie, I guess it's tough. You know how we fit um, this in to like the categories and such i don't think it's one of the greatest movies of all time i think it accomplishes something that's really spectacular and creative but um definitely do not you know want to be enamored i still regret giving blade like a whatever eight rating i said is that i think that is <laughs> the way i don't high. i don't remember um, what i've rated things but i'm sure that like none of yeah. my ratings except for maybe tenet would, would yeah. stick <laughs> they're all they're all probably inflated um to some degree maybe uh i think oh man yeah we're not we're not going fractions i think i don't think i i would say it's a 10 because i don't think it's perfect and i i don't think i'd say it's a nine because i really don't think this would as just like a standalone movie you know is like just like the greatest thing ever made because it only really has the value from all the connections it builds with the other spider-man movies definitely and, and mcu as a whole so as a movie, and just like enjoying watching this as a movie, like the laughs and like you know emotions, you know trying to just like take those things a little more independently, um, I think I would feel comfortable giving it like an eight. Okay. Um, I think is probably where I would feel comfortable landing. And like I said, it's just really hard to separate like this movie from as it, as it sits alone from like everything you know it brings in because mm -hmm. um, i think i think it's like it's like the perfect you know combination of all the spider-man you know lore backstory whatever like we could have hoped for yeah but yeah that's probably this, where this I, movie, I would have to land i think we have to say that this movie maybe not a hundred percent but it definitely delivered yeah yeah and like even if it was maybe overhyped in some some way like you were saying it like it did not disappoint mm -hmm. you know did not fall flat yeah. it was so fun to go see in theaters oh yeah <laughs> um, um yeah so for me um i'll just i'll make this short and sweet i don't need to you got i've we've spent this episode talking about what we thought about the movie so i'm just going to give you mm -hmm. my ratings um i'll start with the spider-man because i kind of like how you did that I think the mm. best Spider-Man, objectively, is Andrew Garfield, uh, mm. easily. Um, he's well, he's he's the only he's the only actor who's played Spider-Man that has a separate Wikipedia page for his awards and accolades. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, he's just he's one of the best working actors today, and so yeah, like he, yeah. So he's objectively, in my opinion, well, if you say objectively, it's not. In your, I think that objectively, he's the best Spider-Man. But that's not yeah. to take away anything from the other guys. I think in terms of <laughs> performance and acting, I would rate them Andrew, Tom, Toby. In terms mm. of my favorites, Toby, Andrew, Tom. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, so I st just Tom, Toby is my Spider-Man, and like I grew yeah. up with him. <laughs> like years, yeah. I played the games, I watched the movies, I went to the movies, midnight premiere, dressed as Spider-Man, <laughs> sitting on the front row. Uh, Toby yeah. is my Spider-Man. Um, 
and that will probably never change regardless of who plays the role. But I gotta give props to both Andrew and Tom, and and like I said, Andrew is probably the best person to have donned the suit act- acting wise, acting chop wise. Mm. Um, and 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 the score that I keep coming back to because I've been thinking about this since the day I saw the movie. Uh, what would I give it? And the score that is most prevalent is a seven. Mm. Um, and that's me uh, just looking at this movie alone. And I know that I think you probably took into consideration like where it sits within the other Spider-Man movies and the MCU, which I think definitely yeah. uh, this movie accomplishes a lot and, and definitely those those things elevate it. So I think that if you look at it in terms of like how is it as a spider-man movie in the mcu is probably a, a higher rating that i would give it but as a standalone movie i think a seven is a very fair rating yeah i i think that's fair considering a lot of the points you brought up just about you know moments that maybe fell flat for you or just like the general kind of slowness of the first third of the movie and like working out the exposition um where just like you know like pacing wise i might have had a couple weaknesses there um so I, I feel like that's very reasonable. I feel like we probably, you know, between the two of us, if we call it the seven and a half, I think that's probably just generous enough. Well, let's to... call it a seven. Do you? Let's do that. From this point forward, let's just combine our scores at the end of the episode <laughs> and just give it a movie passion rating of, you know, let's let's give this movie yeah. a seven point five uh, from, yes. from movie passion. Yes, and that is the most authoritative rating you will see. Yes. Worth, it. <laughs> Worth its weight in gold. <laughs> no, we, oh, we, what you got to do to give to make it look like you know what you're doing is you got to give like very uh, fractioned, like a 7.63. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, these guys obviously, they analyze it down to every detail. And so they gave it yeah. a 7.63, so that must be what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. The extra point one three is just Toby's smile. You know, you just... <laughs> When, when, yeah, when he smiled at Ned's, uh, was it his grandmother? Yeah. Yeah, when he smiles at her, yeah, that smile left... right there was worth point uh, one three, and so that's what brought it, brought it up to that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I don't think I have any final thoughts. Um, I don't know if you anything else you wanted to say about this movie or anything. Um, no, th- those were all my thoughts. I really, I had a fun time. Uh, my theater, I. I I was watching reaction videos on YouTube of of people who like recorded the audio from their theater experience and they would like show like they would let you know what was happening mm-hmm. and then you would hear the audience's reaction and I feel like my theater was um, less than great but yeah. I think that it was still a fun time and people still reacted I just kind of w- I felt like uh, when Andrew and Toby were were brought in i was like the mm-hmm. only one that like audibly or I, I felt like i was louder than everybody else um and i yeah. was i was wanting to get rowdy and loud and to be in a group of people that were the same way and honestly i saw a nine o'clock showing because mm. um it was the earliest showing on thursday night after my my work day that i could get and not be on the front row yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Not, and maybe people were tired and, and someone did fall asleep, which I don't know what the deal is, but like the last five movies I've seen in theater, someone's fallen asleep and stolen <laughs> through most of it. Um, I don't, I feel like the person woke up at, 
I feel like they only snored through the boring part of the movie, the first third, or the mm. part that I thought was like less than compared to the rest of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I always wonder in those situations, like, why isn't the person sitting next to them waking them up? Like, dude, it is disturbing <laughs> for someone to snore through the whole movie. So yeah, um, yeah. But but yeah, so so maybe they were a little bit. The I guess what I was getting at was my my audience wasn't as rowdy as I would have hoped them to be for this movie, but um, it to to give them sort of a some slack. It, it was a later showing, and <laughs> I'm sure yeah. we were all tired and we had all probably been working that day. So. Yes, yes. So in summary, don't ask any wizards to try to like delete the memory of yourself from the world. Um, be a good neighbor and wake up people that snore in the theaters. Um, always cherish Tobey Maguire. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Um, Andrew's the goat. Andrew's uh, the goat. See him in Tick Tick Boom or Tick, Tick, any Boom. of his other phenomenal performances. Um, Tom Holland's also doing a great job. We'll see if the Uncharted, you know, just does a bunch of stuff from video games and doesn't make any sense, or if it's actually a good movie. So we'll see. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, me included. Uh, I don't know why they would go for like an origin route because like. I feel I feel like if you make a video a, a movie on a video game, you should base it on like the video game. <laughs> and we we never yeah. we never got like a younger uh, Nathan Drake or, or Sully. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I, yep, yeah. I personally don't love the casting choice, and I don't love the direction of the movie. But I'll see it, and I'll give it a fair chance. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like the first thing with Antonio Banderas. I feel like I'll have seen in forever, except for like since like Spy Kids. So I, I so. think he was the villain in um, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, oh, and okay. I had went and seen that earlier. Uh, I guess it was this summer that it came yeah. out. But I think he was the big bad in that movie. But yeah, like, yeah. like I, <laughs> I rarely see him in anything. Yeah, we'll we'll days. see if he still got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all right, man. Well, I th- I think that. I think captures this movie well. Great movie, very very big movie for sure. Mm. Um, and we'll have to see how public opinion continues to you know reflect on it these next couple weeks and months. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, if you have tracked with us this whole time, we thank you very much for listening. Um, this is, like I said, the beginning of a, a new season of the Movie Passion Podcast, where we will coming back at you with some more movies so um until next time i hope you are doing well caleb thank you and you too we, we love you guys and, and we'll see you in the next episode all right